Welcome to the Balance Bully Podcast for ambitious women in business and a few brave men. I'm your host, Nikita Renfigpen. Always excited to be in the building with you. Listen, I cannot tell you how phenomenal this year has been, but it is not over yet. We still have a little bit more time to get ourselves together. If you feel that this year did not give you what you wanted from it as an entrepreneur, as an executive, as a VP, as a woman or man on a mission, then you'll want to tune in deeply, sit down, get off the Peloton for a second. I need you to make sure that you are in it fully to listen to this conversation. My next guest really needs no introduction, but I don't want to steal that from Jay Letterman. So I'm just going to say I am going to give her an introduction. Erin Coscarelli is literally known as a multi-threat in the sports industry. She is a phenomenal speaker and a completely organized individual because I don't know how she's doing all the things that she's doing. Her schedule is robust. I refuse to call her busy because busy is not the same as productive. And she is producing lots of amazingness because she chose herself this year. She chose to to show up fully as every part of her was supposed to come together and make sure that she could remove the biggest barrier out of her life, which was herself. Erin is the most sought after and highly regarded female broadcaster on television today. We're talking everything from Las Vegas Raiders to the tennis channel and so many things in between. I will not do her justice, so I'm going to bring her to you right now. Erin, welcome to the BBP. How are you today? I love that intro of like, she's getting out of her own way. And that, that I was nodding the whole time. Nikita, thank you for having me on. I can't wait to chat. I feel honored to be a part of uh, your podcast. You have really awesome guests. You guys chat about rad things. So I'm, I'm excited to hang out with you. No, same. Absolutely. I would love for you to share with everyone what has been your biggest blessing for 2022 so far. Oh, man, you know, 2022 is an interesting year because 2021 was, <laughs> for me, the hardest, yeah. the hardest year. You know, offline, you and I were talking about doing so much healing. It's almost like you're working out so hard. You, you've got to give your body a rest. Yeah. And I feel like 2021 was so catastrophically hard. Yeah. Okay. I lost my brother mm. and my dad uh, in a span of a year. I lost my dad in November. I lost my brother uh, late October, uh, a year a, a year before that. And so 2021 was sort of just, and then I was balancing that, working with the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, I had just uh, the the this awesome surf show. It was amazing surf show the, the one of my most famous fa- favorite projects that I've ever worked on um aired in august mm-hmm. and my dad's uh cancer recurred mm-hmm. in october wow so it was like all happening sort of all of these like amazing roller coasters yeah like these highs were happening in with these lows like professionally mm-hmm. high as i could in in what you would deem professional yes. right like 
I love that you said she's not busy, she's productive because you're right. Like you could have all the jobs in the world. Absolutely. But you but you may not be happy because are you actually fulfilling your purpose? Are you feeling satisfied with your work, you know? But I was feeling really satisfied with my work. All the while my best friend, my biggest supporter, the man that believed in me, who really put me on the path of this career. Like he was the 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 the, the, the social people person that I kind of learned from as a child. So 2022 now um, has been an opportunity to breathe. Yes. There's not an accomplishment I'm going to say I'm proud of because the accomplishment lies within myself, you know, like is choosing me every day is, is getting myself out of the way is finding ways to self soothe is to call my shit out, call myself out when I'm doing the things that are actually anti myself. You know, Mm -hmm. I was out to dinner the other night, uh, last night with a few girlfriends of mine, former health coach, another girlfriend that's breath work. I love, by the way, that all my friends are like healers too. That's the amazing (laughs) part. I'm going to try to get you to become a bestie eventually. (laughs) Um, But we have these amazing nourishing comp. uh, conversations just about like up-leveling and how we can do a better job at showing up more authentically. And it's funny because I'm like, I actually don't like small talk anymore. I thought I was so good at it. I'd love to go to parties and events Mm -hmm. and meet people. And how are you? But when people turn, turn the page now around on me and go, how are you doing? I'm like, well, I don't want to lie to you, but (laughs) I've had one hell of a year. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm, I'm proud of 2022 being an opportunity to just self yeah. yeah, a thousand percent. The reflect, the reflection and the celebration of life, mm-hmm. considering you've lost so much. And my heart goes out to you. I de- definitely didn't know that with the professional stalking I was doing. I de- did not know either one of those things. And I know how tough that is personally and professionally. So I can, I can sit in a space of just holding holding sacred space for you right now Mm. as you're shifting out of the deep guttural grief, grief, which grief is Mm -hmm. evolving, right? It doesn't necessarily end. You just grieve in different ways as time goes on. But that deep guttural grief that was happening for you in 2021 and probably spilled over into 2022. And Mm -hmm. now you're kind of pushing it forward into the way that you're creating wellness initiatives and other things mm-hmm. for other people and choosing to be cathartic by helping others because you've before those two specific events that are deeply tragic that happened to you with the loss of your dad and your brother you also are coming from a extremely male dominated field and you're a beautiful, vivacious, sexy woman. So I know that that came with all kinds of underestimation of who you were and what your caliber mm-hmm. and your work ethic was. And you're constantly having to make it clear. I did not come to play. Like I came mm-hmm. to show up and do my work and be in a space of excellence with it and constantly having to battle whatever that looked like in the process while you were creating your life and being loved on by your family and then losing them in the process of all these ebbs and, and flows that you were experiencing. Like you said, the roller coaster of these phenomenal opportunities hit with these gut-wrenching moments that were happening behind the scenes that most people were just simply not privy to. 
Yeah. And let me offer even more depth and insight into my life. Like as a broadcaster, we do not talk about our issues. In fact, and you, and you may understand this. If you have drama going on in your life, right? Mm -hmm. In your, in your home, personal life, you may not be talking about it on your podcast. I obviously wasn't talking about it on my sports shows. Right. However, I needed to do the best job I could to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. And I've just started now, like you talk about all the stuff that's stirred up. And I look back at young Aaron who went through all this stuff. Like I would not be talking about this kind of stuff yeah. back then. Yeah. I would, I would shield it. I would armor it. I was, I am a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. Mm-hmm. And those are the things I'm trying to get out of my own way and just be like, (laughs) I'll give you a really small nuanced example. And I actually had this conversation with my girlfriends last night, the two healers that I, my life, my health coach and my breathwork coach who I adore, who are now like very good friends of mine. Mm -hmm. I used to do live reports out in the field and I was a reporter and now I'm in studio, but as a reporter, you know, you're carrying a notepad. Mm-hmm. And I would take notes and maybe I would interview people, jot them down on my notes, and that would be part of my broadcast. Growing up, though, I hated that I had to refer to my notepad mm-hmm. doing my on-air broadcast. And by the way, I don't even really think I ever referred to it. I wanted to hold on to it just in case as a yeah. chance. But I would watch other amazing, talented female broadcasters. And sometimes, not all, most of the time we're carrying a notepad. But sometimes I envied the female broadcaster that did not need a notepad in her hand. So the part that I was having a conversation with my friends last night was going, why can't I just accept that I'm a broadcaster that likes to hold a notepad? Why is that like a, why is that a thing against me? Right. It's so small, but it's such an opportunity for me to go, it's okay. Yes. I'm a broadcaster that likes to hold my notepad. And you see, it's such a small example. It's so nuanced. But it's the conversations we have in our head because as an athlete, I grew up competing. I'm not trying to compete against anybody other than myself. Exactly. So like celebrate me, what works for me. And the other thing, like I was telling you is as broadcasters in our industry, I tip my cap to my fellow broadcasters, my brothers and my sisters, because having to compartmentalize all the stuff that's going on so we can deliver a show that's good for you guys, the fans. Right. That's not always easy, mm-hmm. but we have to, if you know something's going on where maybe we're not doing a good job, or at least our producer is going to say, Hey, take the day off. That's right. not what we want. Right. So it's really an interesting, perfect storm of hiding yourself, mm-hmm. of not speaking up when you need to, like you mentioned being in a, a, a male dominated industry where you already feel weaker because you're not somebody that played the pro sport you may be covering. Right. You know what I mean? So like, I'm not in the huddle. I don't know the actual plays being called and I'm not putting the pads on. So I had felt like that was a disadvantage, mm. but now I'm like, I'm so proud of myself that I bring a different lens to the sport. Yeah. I don't need to be, the pro athlete talking about the game. I can talk about it from a fan's perspective. And by the way, the fans appreciate that. I am the fan voice and I'm good with that. So have done, had to do a lot of soul searching about why I chose this career, about how my pain has added to being a better broadcaster and how I'm creating a space to self soothe, love myself and 
love younger females and uh, mentor them. And like you said, like be the voice of letting other women know they're not alone and we're all in this together. A hundred percent. Honestly, Erin, so much of it is what we were talking about off here is the reframing. When you can shift your perspective and know that the way that you grew up understanding how the world works and not that all of it was bad and you can throw it all out. You know, what is the term? Throw the baby out with the bathwater. Like you're not Mm -hmm. doing that. But there's so many things that were passed down to us from people that were connected. Sometimes it was your parents. Sometimes it's aunties and uncles. Sometimes it was the coach or the dance teacher, right? But mm-hmm. you were picking up all of these scripts that formed your way of looking at the world. And they were coming from their scripts that were passed down to them. And a lot of hurt was embedded in that. Yeah. It wasn't healing necessarily that was passed or a better way to do it. It was, this is what I know. So this is what I'm giving you. And the next generation, this is what I know. And this is what I'm giving you. And then someone like you and I, wake up and say, wait a minute, (laughs) I'm stuck in a cycle. And this cycle, although I'm grateful for all of those who loved me, who sacrificed for me, who helped me get through school and all of the the ways that your family and guardians and everyone righteously connected to you served you in that way, you're not putting them down. You're not blaming or shaming them, but you are aware that they weren't perfect people either. And some of those imperfections that aren't serving you actually were driving your adult decisions and making you see the world through their eyes instead of being able to open up your own and see the world in a way that is not only beneficial to you, but allows you to be your whole self. It makes a complete difference when you can allow yourself the gift of vulnerability. I feel like there's so much strength in being vulnerable as a licensed clinical social worker and trauma specialist, I could not, just like you as an anchor, I couldn't tell my stories to my clients. Like, listen, you over here complaining about X, Y, Z, and I'm trying to figure out how to help whoever with cancer, right? Or my daughter's mm-hmm. in and out of the hospital every other day. Like, But you can't say that. One, nobody needs to hear that, right? <laughs> because they're coming to you for help, like just like they're coming to you for entertainment. They're like, oh, okay, we don't want that awkward moment. So you start to stuff that down. And yes, you may end up with your own therapists and mentors and advisors and team, but there's a part of you that's compartmentalizing so much that you start to feel like separate people. And the reality is the best version of ourselves is when we are whole. Of course, there's a time and a place for every conversation. The person you just met on, you know, the subway or walking down to the agave store isn't necessarily interested in your life story, right? Like time and place. But when you don't have to do it 8, 10, 12 hours of your day, when the majority of most of our time as women is spent at work for most Mm -hmm. of us, and then you have to compartmentalize, it makes you feel disconnected internally. So you start to lose the whole part of you that does want to show up fully and stop suppressing and repressing that. So I hear you a hundred percent. And it, and it, and you know, I go back to your original question about 2022. Like Mm -hmm. I have had to do by virtue of such a awful year Mm -hmm. last year, all of this healing or re- Awakening, I suppose. I don't know. Reawaken. That's not the right word because it's. I was not awakened ever. Right. right. And and now I'm just peeling back the layers Mm -hmm. of awakening. But because I went through what I went through, I don't think a lot of people would, you know, pivot into this unless given some type of tragedy or, you know, chaotic moment. 
that brought them to the, to their knees. And that's where I'm really grateful for because now I'm understanding why I was on the hamster wheel in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing is we don't really know sometimes, like you mentioned, why we're doing what we're doing. Right. We're still making mom and dad proud. And I love my job. I love the, I found the job for me. Mm-hmm. I just care a little bit more instead of like the X's and O's, yeah. right? I, like I said, I'm not an analyst, mm-hmm. wasn't in the huddle, wasn't in the locker room. Don't want to be, right. I'm good. I want to know the layer underneath the helmet. I want to get to know the player, their adversity, their struggles. How can we relate? Because, you know, it's interesting, like Tom Brady, the goat, you know, you know who Tom Brady mm-hmm. is. He's the, the, every, every day he lives in excellence. Like this yeah. guy doesn't take a day off. But if you think about how he's actually so much more relatable to all of us than we think, mm-hmm. then we can kind of turn Tom Brady from like this God. Yes. Cause he, I, I think he's a, I like him. I think he's a great guy. I think he stands for a lot of wonderful things and he's just trying to continue to make mom and dad proud, you right. know, or who, whomever. Right. Because you know, he, he, he was out of retirement and now he's back in retirement. Mm. And, and of course he's playing excellent who wouldn't, but you know, he's 44, he has kids, he's got family. And so I think he is a great example of somebody that's just, you know, gifted and talented and just trying to keep going. And that's, and that's where we're all at in life is figuring out like what makes us feel good. What makes us happy? Um, and understanding why, like ask ourselves why, you know? So I, I've had to ask those questions a lot lately and I'm proud of myself that I'm working through what I thought I needed to do and just changing some of that, you know? And like you said, reframing some of that and hoping that if I share a little bit more of my story, I can make other women and young men, but for sure, women feel less alone. Yeah, It's okay to say I'm struggling. It's okay to say I'm not okay. It's okay to raise your hand and ask questions in a production meeting where it's all men. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you feel uncomfortable, like getting clarity. Like that was me when I was, you know, younger. So, you know, that's what I'm trying to do is be that voice, be that vehicle. That's like, you're good being who you are. Just get comfortable in your own skin. You're doing what so many of the world's humans need to do more of, you're literally competing with the older version of yourself so you can be a better version of yourself going forward. You realize Mm -hmm. that there are anchors and tethers and scripts that just don't belong to you. They're not mine. They were given to me. I've been imprinting them with my actions and behaviors because they were serving me at some point and now they aren't anymore. So now you're untethering yourself. And that that is the athletic competition. That is where the morning, um, I think we were talking about it off of air when you were talking about, you know, I love my morning when I just get to sit and, you know, read a book or listen to something or just sit with the birds and just be with me and not necessarily have to be doing anything because you already do so much in your real life that having that opportunity to sit in stillness with yourself, whatever stillness looks like. Stillness might look like you was wiggling your toes. You just finished making love. You did a few cartwheels, whatever, like whatever stillness looks like for you. But being able to have those moments of time and space 
to hear your inner voice makes all the difference and allows you to bring those compartmentalized pieces of yourself that got separated because of the grind, right? Because of the past, mm-hmm. because that was what the old playbook said, pun intended here with the playbook, but the <laughs> old playbook said that you had to, the women who work at this network or that TV show, or that this is how you show up. This is what you have to do. This is how quiet you have to be. This is why you mm-hmm. can't raise your hand. You were going by the old playbook until the part of you, wow. your inner voice said, not anymore. I need to yeah. be different. I love that you use the playbook. I think I might take that girlfriend. <laughs> you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> I love it. I love it because you're absolutely right. It's funny. You talk about stillness. I just finished reading a book called Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. It's a daily <laughs> stoic type of book. Mm-hmm. And um, I think what made me a really good broadcaster was that I actually abandoned myself a lot. Mm-hmm. That's why I made everybody feel comfortable because I was like, I'll do whatever. I'll say yes to every job. And now, right, my work is, and I actually think I've become a better broadcaster um, because I'm not saying yes. I'm not being um, dishonest Mm -hmm. as much. I think I still am dishonest. Like, and what I mean by being being dishonest is like, hey, are you good? And I'll say, oh, yeah, I'm fine. When obviously there are moments where Mm -hmm. I'm like being disgenuine and I call that being dishonest because Mm -hmm. as a people pleaser, you're saying yes a lot. And I think showing up for myself, like you said, the morning time, finding the opportunities to compassionately say no. Yeah. I was offered a couple of awesome jobs and old Aaron would have said, hell yes. Yes. Schedule would have been packed, mm-hmm. would have had all these, uh, you know, a great, uh, look at me, I'm doing this and how cool is this? And it's funny because it's like, nope, that's not in alignment with me. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'd rather invest more time in like a passion project and build that up. And that's more in alignment with this work. I think that that's the important component to why we go through challenging things. And hopefully my work is to inspire, right? That your perceived weaknesses are actually your strengths, right? Like you know, the I'm too sensitive, the I'm too sensitive women. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You are not too sensitive. Right. You're not too sensitive just because you ask a couple more questions and maybe that person that you're asking gets flustered. That's not on you. And it took a while for me to learn that like, there was this great video of, um, Nikita, if I were to say, this is the, the, the video, like you're orange. Mm-hmm. And I was like, girl, you, you look orange. You, you'd probably go, well, thank you. I think you might need some glasses, <laughs> but you're not going to, that's not going to hold any water. That's probably not going to bother you. If I was like, girl, you, you orange. Mm-hmm. But if I were to say, Nikita, you're, I think you're selfish. Yeah. I think you have moments of being selfish. If you believe that yourself. I do. You will- I totally believe in being intentionally selfish. <laughs> Oh, but I know that's actually a compliment. Right. That's a compliment too. You're like, thanks, sweetheart. I appreciate it. But some people don't know what you mean by that. Right. Right. And selfish can be slung as an insult. Yeah. So if you believe, and I agree with you, I think you're right. Like being intentionally selfish, there's a difference between intentionally selfish and then, you know, um, not having moments of empathy and thinking of others and all of that. Absolutely. But if you harbor this, that's so funny because now you're going to reframe my story. Like now I'll have to look for a different insult because it might be a compliment. That's amazing. I'm like, uh, Nikita, you're arrogant. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. See, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Mm-hmm. So, and if you believe that people listening at home, I can only offend you if you actually feel that way about yourself. Yeah. So, you know, the work is understanding that. Yeah. The work is recognizing that we're all wounded kids put on this planet dealing with our own shit. Come on. I remember when I had just lost my dad. Um, he was in the hospital for a week in a coma. And I was there when he, uh, when he passed. Obviously, in, immensely emotional. Yeah. He had a, uh, a brain tumor. Mm. He had cancer. He was diagnosed with cancer in April. And then it rec- uh, and he was deemed in remission in June. And then it came back, you know, it either came back or maybe it was always present in the, mu- in the brain. We don't know. We never got an MRI for his head, which is another conversation. But anyways, um, I was there when he passed and it was November 19th. So I was emotional. I was crying. Um, I was holding him for like, you know, a, lot, a while and yeah. just <clears throat> saying goodbye, yeah. you know, trying to say goodbye. It was really hard. And as I was driving home to go to my mom, you know, my parents' house to be with my mom, somebody, I must have driven where I cut somebody off. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in the, fa- I remember I was in the fast lane and there was a van. And this van was so upset that I had driven in a way that they pulled in front of me and slammed on their brakes. And that was the drive home for maybe a good 10 minutes mm. was this van in front of me. So like when I would get into another lane, like, they, and I just had to collect myself and go like, this person doesn't realize I just lost my dad. Right. And I'm just, you know, like, it's kind of like what you said, there's bigger, there's bigger issues yes. and I have to deal with this. And it's like just releasing the fact that like, People don't always know what you're going through and it's not their responsibility to know. And how do you show up? But that was a really like painful moment for me. I was like, how dare this person like not know I'm yelling, I'm crying. I'm like, can't even see honestly. Like my vision was impaired and I'm dealing with this guy or whomever it was Mm -hmm. like trying to have some kind of road rage, you know? And in that moment it was like, it was, I had to be so composed in a very uncomposed situation, Absolutely. you know? So my first question from the spaciousness of Nikita Thigpen being ridiculous, were you on the 405? <laughs> I was on the 210. No, I was not on the 405, okay. yes. We had that conversation. <laughs> Californians <laughs> use the the for every freeway. I appreciate that. Yes. But absolutely. yeah, no, it's. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, Just us Californians. Making sure that we did that with your spirit to bring you up a little. And I I totally respect what you're saying, which makes me think about something you were saying a little while ago. And this does, it so eloquently comes together with what you're sharing. The definition for me of what balance or work-life balance, we specifically say work-life and love because we don't want people to live, you know, lose the intimacy part of what they're doing in the world of work life and love balance that definition is a formula it's admitting the truth of what you really want in the world for yourself your hopes your dreams your legacy whatever you're creating over the boundaries you create so you can achieve that truth as your reality and that moment of intense pain intent you weren't even grieving yet you were just in pain you haven't even gotten to the grieving part yet because it just 
milliseconds ago, as far as your spirit was concerned, it just happened and you were still trying to process everything. What you wanted was to allow yourself to feel the feelings because you were still trying to grapple with the reality that you had lost someone so true to you and dear and loving and protective, I'm sure, with all of that. You just wanted to have your moment. And here's this person, this human that has no idea, that's stuck in their ego, that could care less about whatever is going on for the person behind the wheel of the car. That was just a moment who could have just kept going. <laughs> he didn't have to, you know, be a jerk and, and do all the things, but ego would have him mm-hmm. do the things. Mm-hmm. And you could have, had you not in your subconscious at minimum, had some sense of truth of knowing what you needed Mm. more than getting out the car, fussing and rattling, you know, and doing all that, that situation in and of itself could have turned into a story where you weren't here to inspire. Mm -hmm. You weren't here Mm. to share. You weren't here to create more wellness initiatives and to be an inspiration in a, a deeper way than just like, oh, look at Erin. She's phenomenal. She dresses cute. She has an you know, amazing body. She has a great voice. She's a good mm-hmm. professional. But in a way where little girls and grown women alike mm-hmm. can say, I get her. I feel mm-hmm. her. I'm an mm-hmm. ambitious woman too. I'm a professional too. I have a lot of stuff going on too. And I'm dealing with this pain. Maybe it's a different pain, but pain is pain, right? And I'm dealing with all this and I still get to push forward after giving myself that spaciousness, after giving myself some time to feel the feels and let things happen. You could not be here should you had considered at that moment, you know what? I'm about to unleash everything that I'm feeling right now mm-hmm. on this jerk because mm-hmm. they don't know, they don't care. Well, guess what? Neither do I. And that could have mm-hmm. been a very different story. But because Mm. there was something deep and you can, depending on how spiritual you are, you you could say, you know what? It was my father protecting me, covering me, keeping me um, or not, depending on where you sit with that. But from where I sit as a minister, as a metaphysician, as a lover of all things that are non-coincidental and knowing that things happen Mm. for a reason, even when we don't agree and we don't understand why they're happening, you did not go to the other side. You could have went left with your greatness in that moment and lost way more than even your life. I'm not even talking about you dying from like a a fisticuff fight or, you know, something like that. I'm saying someone could have figured out who you were and was like, oh, litigious lawsuit, right? Like, let me, let me go down this. Let me go for her whole, whatever they perceive your bank account (laughs) situation is. And it could have just really turned super, super ugly, but there was something in you, someone guiding you, someone covering you. It's like, you know what? This person isn't worth it. You are balancing boldly. You don't know it yet because you're in pain right now, baby girl, but this is what balancing boldly is. The truth of what you wanted was to just feel the feels and your boundary for that was making sure that you didn't allow this wacky person to shift you off your square. And that Mm. is not only a blessing to you in that moment and the many months and days and weeks you had after, but all the people that you're impacting today. It's such a beautiful thread, Erin, literally. I mean, it's amazing because what kept coming up for me when you were telling me, thank you. First of all, you just reframed the heck out of that situation for me. It was so raw. Yeah. 
I did not look at it from a spiritual component, but I am. I'm starting to look at, like you said, non-coincidental. Mm-hmm. But what kept coming up for me was balance boldly. Mm-hmm. Like that was happening. I was like, I have to balance these raw, painful emotion yes. of sadness, of despair, of anguish, and get home mm-hmm. right. <laughs> and actually be really practical right. and not, I mean, I could have just crashed in general. Like I could have just crashed, but then I had this person that was like, at that point, I wanted to just rear in, you know, I mm-hmm. wanted to, I didn't, I didn't know what I was capable of, yeah. but I didn't really linger much on that moment. Yeah. Like I have with us right now and today. And I appreciate you because that's a symbol of a lot of things, guys, are out of our control. Yeah. We're going to have to deal with, you said, jerks, arrogance, egos, you name it, whatever. And can you just get home? Yeah. Can you just drive home and remember that everybody else is, like we said, figuring out their own stuff? For somebody to try to veer someone off the road or stop you know, that they're, they're having a worse day maybe in many ways that I am, to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. And I think about that all the time. Yeah. That if somebody's got road rage and they're honking their horn, cause like I'm not driving fast enough for them. I think I feel compassion for that yeah. because I'm like, they're really in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I used to be that way too sometimes. Right. But like, I can't say mm-hmm. that I'm far removed from what those emotions were. But I, that was a less evolved errand back then. And so, you know, whatever people are going through, because I've, I've lost so much and had to kind of build myself back up from the studs yeah. in a way, um, I'm now gifted that tool of compassion and empathy. And sometimes I don't always have it, but I love that reframing. Never thought of it that way. But you're absolutely right. There's going to be jerks on the road. Can mm-hmm. you safely get home? Right. Right. And getting home can mean so many things. So I love that you use that uh, for multiple private tea after podcast moments. <laughs> but I, I love I love that so much. Oh, mm. Aaron, your story, your life, your pain, your strength, your humility. It is brilliant and beautiful and encouraging on so many levels for everyone that's listening that might be thinking, Oh, well, I mean, I've, I can relate to the losses. I can relate to the ups and downs of, you know, these magical moments in my profession and, and having opportunities, but then coming home, pun intended there coming home and not feeling at home with myself how are you giving yourself permission to pause in a way that helps you feel refueled and replenished whenever you need it? And it may be once in a while. It may not be that you do it every day, all the time, right? Because we're not perfect people. But how are you doing that for yourself? Because you're pouring out a lot, especially with all the the wellness initiatives and all the ways that you're helping women you know, navigate <laughs> the field, how are you making sure that you take care of yourself right now? And I mean, I, I know because we talked in the green room, but for everyone else that doesn't know, um, just a little teaser of w- what way you're doing that for yourself. Thank you. You know, this conversation, I appreciate everything you said and even having me on and, and this conversation, you know, we talked about it in the green room 
It's been, it's been something I'm working on, which is feeling safer, being more vulnerable, (laughs) sharing the story of the things that I don't always want to talk about, you know, as a recovering, like we talked about perfectionist. That's right. I used to have this armor of like, I got it all good. Yes. Yes. And more yet. Mm -hmm. Give me more work, you know, uh, you know, cross my boundaries, all that. I'll still be your friend. I'll still be your colleague. I'll still be your employee. So it's been really beautiful to reclaim, like we said, the choice of deciding what works best. And by the way, it's different for everybody. Right. And learning to accept that you can be a broadcaster that wants to hold the notepad. Mm -hmm. And just because everybody else doesn't, let's say, you're still a great broadcaster. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. So thank you. No, I love Appreciate that. This. I love the the notepad, notepad analogy for so many reasons, um, but especially because a lot of us have those. A lot of people listening, especially that I know personally, that have called and emailed and, and said their biggest challenge is imposter syndrome. And you and I have been talking about that privately as well. And for those of you who are like overhearing that phrase, because we know people overuse it just like they overuse authenticity, right? <laughs> like you know, some words are just overused. But it's very real and it hits everyone multiple times in their journey. You think you got it. You think you eliminated it. You think you got everything down. And then there's a new, big, scary, audacious thing, a great opportunity, a new project, a new business, a new career move that you can make that pushes you right back into, wait, were the accomplishments that I made good enough to take me to this next level. And it comes up again and again and again and again. And I do believe that you can eliminate it in the space that you are in the moment and in parentheses A and D, it will come back up again because we are humans and that Mm -hmm. is how the world works. And it's okay, especially Mm -hmm. if you have a good circle of other humans around you, your brain trust, private advisory board, whatever you want to call them. Some people you pay, some people you play with, right? And and the best of both worlds are the people you pay and you play with simultaneously that can pour into you and help remind you to celebrate all of the great things that you've done thus far to get to this point that make you worthy of, quote unquote, using Aaron's term, holding the notepad and not caring about it, right? Like, and being able to show up fully in your version of excellence being different and being okay with it. Cause I guarantee you there is someone next to you that wish they wish that they were brave enough to pull out their notepad. And instead mm. they're trying to pull everything from memory They're They might look like they're doing it seamlessly, but they missed a couple of big bullet points that they wanted to show up with. And you were able to hit all the key areas without second guessing, even if you never looked at it because you knew that you came prepared, you came mm-hmm. prepared for yourself. And wasn't Mm -hmm. worried about other people. So out of all of the takeaways, and there's so many gems that you dropped here today, Erin, that is such Mm. a big one. When you can choose you and choose to prepare to show up fully for yourself, regardless of what it looks like to anyone else, period. Mm. I love this conversation. (laughs) There were, I mean, you brought it back so great. First of all, you're just great. Like, thank you for making time for me. I'm honored to share space with you. Having someone like you to help others Mm -hmm. by telling these stories and framing them for people to feel inspired. This is the work. Yes. This is the, you're, you're doing purposeful work. I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm honored to be adjacent to your work. And thank you for finding um, inspiration in my story because I'm still working on that. You know, these are just raw stories. And so you helping me find the spirituality component of how this actually is a blessing Yes, is, is very powerful. Like, thank you. You have no idea how much this has helped me. <laughs> I hope this helps the people listening. And um, yeah, let's continue to give people permission to just like, A, know themselves yeah. and B, love themselves for knowing themselves. Like give themselves the permission to be the kid that has the notepad. You know, that's like the analogy we're using or whatever it is. Yeah. But just be you, you know? Yes, I'm waiting for the children's book that you probably don't know that you're writing that's coming out that's using a notepad analogy. (laughs) I'm calling it in. (laughs) I'm just waiting. I I can see it. (laughs) I love it. Yes. But that's the generation. I have an 11 year old niece. I'm always thinking of her when I do anything. I'm always like, what what did I? Because she's me. Yes. She's sensitive and you know, innocent and pure and all of the things that we were when we were 11. Right. And so I'm like, what do I wish I could help her with now? Maybe she sees that I'm flawed. Yeah. Helps her, you know? So a thousand percent. Oh, Aaron, I have to have you back. You don't, you don't even understand how powerful and beautiful Mm. and brilliant you are as you're balancing boldly in your life. Like it's, Oh, honey. Mm, I'm gonna leave that right there because there's so much more to say. Where can people come and follow along with you on your journey? Where can they meet you at? How can they find you? You know, I'm on. I am on the social media. <laughs> I uh, I use Twitter. I'm mostly on Instagram. If I'm using it, I have amazing women. We got to get you on my Women Crush Wednesdays. I do these weekly interviews with amazing, inspiring, powerful women. It's about 20, 25 minutes. So we're going to get you on. Um, but that's it. Yeah. So just follow me at Aaron Coscarelli on the two major ones. Um, and check me out on a podcast. I'm also doing a women's podcast called entertain her. Mm. It's all about four diverse women navigating the entertainment industry. It's a fun, flirty, keep it real, keep it honest. We talk about real issues um, and it's, and we pour a glass of wine while we're doing it. So it's fun. Definitely not mad yeah. at it. I can't even imagine you not keeping it real. I can't even, I don't even know who that old Aaron was that She's was gone. overly yeah. polished and perfectionistic. This Aaron yep. is just vivacious and glowing from the inside out. Mm-hmm. I really adore this Aaron and I look forward to all of the connections and relationship building that I get to meet as we professionally date each other. I love it. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. And now I'm like ready to take the day. I appreciate you. (laughs) I appreciate you too. BBP, thank you so much listeners for tuning in, for taking the time to be with us, to listen to every gem that Aaron was dropping. I hope you really pulled it all in. What I want you to do is one of the two things that I ask you to do every single Wednesday you meet here with me. I need you to think of one person minimally in your ecosystem that can benefit from Aaron's story, that you know needs to be checked, 
knowing that they are worthy and they are ready to take over the next level of themselves, that they no longer have to compete with the old version of themselves or anyone else for that matter, and that they are ready to show up with their notebook should they need to. I want you to make sure you think of that one person and please do share it with them. Don't hesitate. Don't overthink it. Oh, they might be offended that I'm sharing this, whatever. Let them be offended. They will thank you for it later after they listened and realized that you were speaking into their soul. The second thing that I need you to do is enjoy the balance of your day, but remember, do it boldly.